0: This is Masters in Travel, a rendezvous at the intersection of travel and business to accelerate your success. I'm your host, Whitney, owner of Undiscovered Sunsets. Each episode, we have one goal in mind, to share experiences, insights, and resources to help you maximize your potential. Masters in Travel is a podcast, community, and academy for travel advisors by travel advisors, and I'm so glad to have you join the conversation. Get ready to become a master in travel. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Masters in Travel. I'm your host, Whitney. As a new advisor, everything is overwhelming. One thing in particular that seems very confusing and often elusive is the world of FAMs or familiarization trips. How do you receive an invitation to a FAM? How do you decide which to accept and which to politely decline? How do you prepare in advance to get the most out of these incredible opportunities to benefit both your business and your client's future travels? and when you get home, what comes next. Here with me today to talk about her experience as a new advisor and attending her first FAMS this year, there's S's behind that plural word, is Julie Patterson, founder of Wonderfully Planned. Julie, thank you so much for joining me.
1: Thanks for having me, Whitney. I'm super excited to be here today.
0: So we've talked about this before, actually. We I don't remember the exact title of the episode, but in your first year, I remember lots of questions coming at me from you about FAMs. It just seemed like there was a big gray cloud (laughs) over your head of just like, I just don't understand how this works. So take me back to a year ago before you had attended your first FAM and talk to me about what some of your questions were and what exactly felt so confusing and kind of elusive about this process and how this works?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I'm going to blanket statement, say everybody gets into this job because we love to travel. And so we all know that these opportunities exist to travel, you know, potentially at a discounted rate and do all these amazing things, but we don't necessarily know how to do that, especially at the beginning. And I just remember First, being like, well, what really is a fam? There's so many different kinds that you can go on, so many different companies host them. So, what is it? And then, yeah, how do I even get invited on one? So, you, Kate, and I did a podcast where I asked a bunch of these questions. And I think as a newer advisor, until you are in the industry a little while, even having the answers doesn't really help answer because you don't really know. Okay, so I remember one of your answers was, it's all about relationships.
0: Yeah. Which is true. But
1: And like it came to fruition later, but at the beginning, you don't even know where to look to find the people you need to form the relationships with in order right. to do this.
0: Yeah, no, I totally get that. It's such a, it's such an easy thing for us to say as experienced advisors who go on FAMS, it's all about the relationships, go figure it out. Like I yeah. I totally see how that's or, or not have helpful.
1: And who have planned like multiple trips to a certain destination with one DMC. Well, it's like, okay, then you know, you can start contacting that DMC and start planting the seed for that. But when you don't even really know how to utilize a DMC or what DMC <laughs> to utilize in that destination, like, you know, a relationship is super far down the road. And as a newer advisor, especially, you know, your book of business, you could be booking that country only once in a couple right. of years, even sometime. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's not necessarily just about the relationship and getting them to like you and know you and stuff. It's also just about expressing the desire to know more because maybe you don't even have the opportunity to show them that you're booking with them, but more Mm -hmm. so that you want to be.
0: Yes. Okay. So we gave you a lot of grayish answers that were like helpful, but not. I think I need to probably re-listen. Right. I think I need to re-listen too because but I but I can totally understand that like that's definitely what we told you. But I can see that's like back to square three. That's not like back to square one, basically. So I guess now looking back, you built some relationships and you were invited on fams that you attended in the last few months. So I guess I'm gonna put this back on you. If a new advisor comes to you (laughs) and says, Hey Julie, those fams looked really great. How did you get invited on those? What are you going to tell them?
1: Well, first I think there's like a middle piece and it goes from like asking all these questions and just trying to figure out like what the heck is going on in terms of these fams and then actually getting invited and that is learning about the different types of fams that are available to you. So, for example, I plan FIT, so what makes the most sense to me i have learned is to go on fams that are more destination focused so these might be provided by tourism boards or certain dmcs that are planning the types of trips you know that i want to be planning for my clients but i'm watching other advisors who plan different types of trips than I do, you know, going on quite a lot of fans, like a lot quicker than I did. So maybe going to different all inclusives in Cancun. So while that opportunity looks amazing, and like, heck yes, to some time in the sun, especially in the winter here in Michigan, that doesn't really benefit me, my clients or the company that you know, is hosting that fam. So I think it's really important to sit down and figure out which types of fams or which types of companies you would want to do fams with, because that will help you kind of narrow things down. And I've listened to many podcasts. We've talked about it on podcasts before, but the goals workshop at the beginning of this year, doing that also really helped me kind of narrow down the destinations I would want to do something like that in. And I will touch back on that later when we talk about one of the fans in particular, sometimes not all the boxes get checked.
0: Yeah. So in terms of like all the different types of fams, so you saw other advisors going on. So when you mentioned all inclusives in Cancun, was that like a hotel brand that hosted those fans? Do you know?
1: Yes. I know that some of them were like that. Yeah
0: like a hotel brand. So I don't know what they are, but maybe like AM Resorts, for example, go to Cancun and see a whole bunch of their properties all from that brand. Then you might have a fam that is hosted by more of a, like a wholesaler, like a classic vacation spam or a go-go vacation spam or something like this, that it's like, it's not a brand specific. It's more of like, We provide the service for you to book the full trip through us. Let us take you to see some hotels that are included as part of our portfolio. There's probably a more eloquent way to describe that, but there we go. I guess then there's like representation companies who will plan FAMs. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that's hotels. Sometimes that's with the DMC. It's like, what's
1: the focus? What's the product? And does that make sense?
0: Right. So I think that like, yeah. So then there's tourism boards
1: yeah which their product is the destination the
0: destination
1: so for me that makes the most sense because i'm getting more of a well-rounded experience and they're not just focusing on one hotel brand they're showing me you know different hotels in different areas that they might utilize that they want to show off essentially which mm-hmm. which is what i want to be seeing the restaurants that i want to be seeing the activities i want to be seeing as opposed to mm-hmm. just one specific market
0: Right. Right. And then I think the final option is what we ended up doing first is actually just planning our own, which is really not relying on a hotel brand or a supplier partner or a tourism board to pull together an itinerary and just invite you where you say yes, but to actually sit down and plan a trip, which is obviously the most laborious option and the most expensive option of all of these, but provides the most flexibility So we, I just kind of roped you into mine. I was just like, (laughs) I have obliged to that. we're, We're going to Italy. Let's go. So that I will say is not that's not the typical first experience for most advisors. I think that was very specifically because you're on my team. I wanted to go to Italy. You wanted to go to Italy, and so we just sat down and did that together.
1: And also we plan travel very similarly. So that made sense. We knew that the types of things we wanted to do, places we wanted to stay, we're recommending and booking the same types of things for our clients. So it just made total sense.
0: Thank you for reminding me about that. Like, I think that's the most important part. Like we didn't plan a fam together because we are friends and we wanted to go to Italy together. We planned a fam together because we plan travel exactly the same. We identified a destination that we both wanted to learn more about and that we were both ready to prioritize this year. And we planned this together knowing that we would want to try similar activities, that we would want to see similar hotels, that we would want to try similar restaurants. If there was an advisor who wanted to go to, uh, let's say Italy, but they wanted to see different regions or they wanted to see different hotels or they wanted to work with different supplier partners, then I would say, you should go to Italy and you should have a great time, but we shouldn't do this together. The planning your own fam is already super laborious. Planning it together with an advisor who is not a perfect match for what is going to benefit you and your business is like, that's just holding back the potential of what you could gain from that experience. So that's why we planned it together.
1: Yeah. And I feel like it worked really well because sometimes you were like, Hey, I really want to stay at this hotel in Florence. And I'm like, yeah, sounds good. Don't really care. Like don't really know enough about it. Don't have, you know, certain preferences that are so strong that I needed to do this thing or stay at this place. But then in other areas, it was like, I planned more trips this summer to Cinque Terre, let's just say, than you did. So like I knew more about where we should eat and where we should hike and all that kind of stuff. So I felt like it was a nice balance because we were able to, let the other person, we shared the workload, but also let the other person shine in terms of knowledge as well and learn from each other in that way too. So that was pretty amazing.
0: So your first fam planning experience was planning a self-guided fam, which you definitely just went straight to the deep end. But with that said, we did it. It's done. It went great. So I don't say that we can, I don't think we regret it, but what did you learn from the experience of planning a self fam for the first time?
1: Yeah. So part of the reason I was super stoked to go with you is because I think you learn by doing, you learn by watching. And so I just, I wanted to watch how you speak to these people, how you interact with them, what questions you ask before. And, you know, during the trip, how do you follow up? Like what's the best professional way to go about this experience when you want to book a hotel and stay on a, a trip like this, or you want to do an activity with a supplier that we've, you know, booked with all summer long for clients, like what are the questions you're asking? What's appropriate to ask for in terms of rates and, you know, special treatment or mm-hmm. arranging certain things. So it was amazing to kind of get to be, to watch that firsthand and be copied in on those emails. And I do feel so much more empowered to plan any cell moving forward because I just know what language to use. And I feel like that's such a open box, like before you start.
0: Yeah, for sure. Can you give me an example of what you learned via observation, either in the email correspondence leading up to the trip or during the trip, that you felt like, oh, if I did this by myself, I wouldn't have seen that or learned that. But because you went together with me, I'm curious to know like what you picked up from that.
1: Obviously, as we said, the cellfams are the most expensive. So, you know, trying to get these partners to potentially offer you a discounted rate is important. And one sentence I remember you saying quite often in the email was, "If there's anything you can do to help our professional investment dollars go further," oh, and I just right. thought that was a really professional and interesting way to ask that because obviously you can never expect or assume that someone's going to do that. But, you know, everyone came back and was more
0: than happy to help us do that. So I think to clarify, like the alternative is to say, like, I guess I don't ever feel comfortable saying, can I have a complimentary night or can I stay at a 50% discount? I don't personally feel comfortable asking for a specific ask like a hey, give me 50% or give me a free night or give me this or or whatever i feel that every supplier and every hotel is in a different situation i don't know their profit margins i don't know i never want to negatively impact anyone's business because i want to come stay we were also traveling in early October, which is usually the end of the season in Italy, but this year it was not. So we were actually there when many hotels were quite busy. And so I also like am very aware that if you if they even offer us the slightest discount, that's eating into their profitability because we're taking a room that a client would potentially stay at mm-hmm. in which they would have full profit margins. So I guess asking that question is my way of saying like, hey, if there is anything that you can offer us, like a small discount, we would greatly appreciate it. But also saying, if you can't, like we're still coming.
1: Yeah, but I think it shows too that, hey, this isn't just like a for fun trip with me and a gal, pal, and we're just trying to get the cheapest way possible to enjoy Rome. This is a work trip. And before that, in the email, you explain, you know, your relationship with them, our relationship with them. We booked with them in the past. You also explain why it's important to us to come and have those experiences. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's relating to a client experience and ha- was amazing. And now we want to have, you know, check it out for ourselves or whatever. Yeah. But yep. you are explaining that like, this is a professional investment. So we're not just asking you, you know, to help a sister out. This is a, a business relationship mm-hmm. and we're willing mm-hmm. to respect your business, but could you also please return the favor and respect ours? And I felt like that was really well received. I also felt like not only was it well received in the email correspondence, but, and this is like another thing I learned or observed was just watching how each hotel staff greeted us, welcomed us, was excited to show us around, but how each did it slightly different. So I don't think yeah. you can ever have an expectation for what a site visit is going to look like. Sometimes we'll mm-hmm. show you some rooms and thank you for coming and, you know, give you a card and kind of send you on your way. Other times they send you away with like a gift basket with le- limoncello and a yeah. really beautiful silk scarf and all these, but yeah. like, you know, and a free drink and a free meal. And so I think it was interesting and important for me to see the different ways
0: Mm -hmm. that that is done as well. That reminds me, I think that's the other approach that we took when we were reaching out is that we, especially when it came to hotels, we identified the hotels that we would love to stay at, but we didn't email them assuming that we could stay there. So I think that we, if I remember correctly, we emailed everyone saying like, hey, we would love to stay. These are the dates that we are looking at. Do you have availability? Not just do you have open availability, but do you have availability to have an advisor stay with you over these dates Mm -hmm. because again, profitability. And then to the other ones, I think if I remember correctly, we just said like, if you don't have availability or if these dates aren't ideal, we still want to come see you. Can we arrange a site inspection? Can we potentially have a lunch here, have a drink there so that we can experience the property as much as possible without staying? So I think that was the other thing that we did And just trying to like, we didn't assume anything. We didn't expect anything. We tried to like say, this is what we're interested to do. This is what we feel will be the most valuable for our time there. What works for you? And then that's kind of how our itinerary came together. Some hotels said, yep, come stay with us. These dates work. Others said, those dates won't work for you to stay with us. Please come for dinner or let's do a site. You know what I mean? Like, so that's kind of how the pieces all came together in a way that worked for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. So that no one felt like, oh, these advisors are coming.
1: (laughs) Right. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it was a lot of work, but it was absolutely so worth it. And we put together the most amazing trip for ourselves. But what we learned for how to do this for clients was incredible.
0: Yeah. Okay. So that is a beast of a process. And I think that I probably do that for myself once or twice a year. And that that's like enough, like that's more than I can handle because it is so detailed and it requires so much communication and so much reaching out and logistics and puzzle pieces that like both financially, but also like time-wise, I just, I can't really currently handle doing that more than once or twice for myself for a year. So then on the flip side, You also attended two other fams this year that were completely different. So tell me about those.
1: Okay. So all these went down in the span of six weeks, (laughs) which was absolutely (laughs) chaotic. but opportunities that I... Couldn't pass by because they just aligned so perfectly with mm-hmm. my business, what I was looking for, destinations I was interested in, the types of fams, all of that kind of stuff. So everything just really kind of came together. So one was a fam to Jordan, a hosted fam. I was accepted or invited to the future leaders in travel retreat. And that was the first in-person event I've gone to as a travel advisor. So Obviously, the whole point of that is to network and learn and make connections with other advisors and also to make connections and learn about certain suppliers.
0: So this was, was this your first in-person like yeah. trade show conference kind of industry event that you attended?
1: Yeah. So I really had no idea what to expect, which welcome okay. to like, welcome to
0: 2021.
1: But oh. um, for me, so, so- 2022,
0: actually. <laughs> right. Oh my God. I so. I saw something on, I don't know, it must have been on Instagram recently. And it was something like, you know, when you realize that we're going into 2023, but we're all still trying to process 2019. And you realize that was four years was ago. <laughs> I saw the same thing. I was, okay. I was like, oh, I can. Yeah. Yeah. So that's clearly funny.
1: that's happening to me. Okay. So yeah. So went, had the day of the supplier meetings where everyone sits at their own table and you get 10 to 15 minutes. And there were a few different tourism boards and a couple different more FIT focused operators that I felt like were good fits that I was really excited to meet with. And then unfortunately, like for me, quite a few companies that I didn't really feel like fit my business model, but you'll have that at
0: every event. Like that's totally normal. Yeah.
1: But what I've learned is it doesn't really matter because it kind of only takes just one, right. From this, So, okay, so I really hit it off and had an awesome conversation with the representative from the tourism board for Jordan. And just over the next couple of days, like every time we saw each other in the hallway, we just shot the shit a little and, you know, had a good connection. And and it was easy. What? You
0: were building relationships?
1: No. And that's so weird if you know me, like I don't talk to anyone and I'm so shocked. (laughs)
0: No, actually it's annoying. She talks to everybody (laughs) and I'm always one like, let's go keep it moving, Julie.
1: (laughs) But Hey, it works. So yeah. So on the, (laughs) so not exactly how I pictured getting invited on my first fam, but on the last day, we're all out on the catamaran and the catamaran staff, is playing the music so loud and they're like screaming in the microphone, like shots, shots, shots. And every world oh, is, like, is a professional event, not the vibe, read the room. But <laughs> well, a bunch of us are just like laying kind of out on the front bow, like trying to just catch some sun and chill out a little bit. And the representative from the tourism board comes over and he sits down next to me and he's like, would you be interested in joining a fam to Jordan put on by the tourism board? It's happening in two weeks. And I was like, okay, like, tell me more. I need to need to consider this for a second. And so he they were putting on a trip for 60 advisors. They were doing it with five different DMCs. So each group was going to be separate for the entire week. And then at the end, we were all coming together. So you got to meet the other advisors. You got to interact with the other DMCs. So I thought it was a really amazing way to learn about other opportunities in Jordan besides just the one maybe I was going to go on as well. It was being hosted by the tourism board. He was going to help like with my flights and it was at a pretty low cost to me. The itinerary sounded incredible and someone had dropped out literally five minutes earlier and he thought of me. That's
0: how the opportunity arose, right? Okay. Okay.
1: And he thought of me to fill that spot, which is pretty, I mean, I feel pretty honored. That's pretty incredible. But so like within an hour, I had basically said yes, knowing that I was going to have to, fly from Jordan to Italy to start our trip. So it was going to be like a real whirlwind experience, but I just, even though Jordan, it's, it was on my list, but it was more of like a 2025, you know, Mm -hmm. goal, everything else. And this is kind of what I was saying earlier, like not everything might check the boxes, but some of the things matter more or, you know, carry more weight and everything else just check the boxes. Like that's exactly why I was at the future leaders retreat was to form these connections and relationships. Like how could I have said no to the one thing I have wanted and, and was there for. So that was one of them. And we can talk about like, what I was expecting and what was different. Yeah. So
0: I'm, yeah. So I'm very curious now to kind of compare and contrast a little bit. You already hinted a little bit that it was hosted, that it was put on by the tourism board, that there were multiple DMCs involved. So like already super, super, super different than the fam we planned for ourselves in Italy. So pros and cons, let's think of these two very different fam experiences. You literally did them back to back. Mm -hmm. You flew from Amman to Rome. I did so literally back to back. Let's talk through the pros of each experience, like the differences. So, what was something that was really, really awesome in Jordan that you didn't have that same benefit in Italy with me?
1: Okay, I would say okay. So this is a pro, and also leads into something that kind of surprised me and Mm -hmm. again. Okay, (laughs) (laughs) this hits all the hits all the nails. So there were a group of advisors. Which mm-hmm. is awesome because oftentimes you get the opportunity to network with other advisors. Now, with me and you, it was you're amazing. just stuck with me for two I was, weeks. Yeah, it was a horrific experience. I'll <laughs> tell you guys about it later. Oh, no. <laughs> no, it was amazing. But we didn't have the opportunity to like get to know other people within the industry and right. you know, learn about their businesses and learn from them and take those things into our businesses. So something that surprised me just listening to other advisors talk is I was expecting someone to be horrible and nobody was. So, bro, but that's always the case. But I've
0: never had a terrible fam experience. No. No. I mean, I've heard horror stories, but of all the horror stories I've heard, I feel like I've really never had something that was super bad.
1: So, I was expecting someone to just be like a real wet blanket, but they weren't. Everyone in my group was really lovely, and that was exciting. But I think- While the opportunity to network with other advisors is the pro, the con is that you don't actually know if these advisors are your people or if they're there for the same reasons you are. Are they selling the same kind of travel? Are they even a travel advisor? So while my group was amazing and I really got along with everybody and loved them, nobody else booked travel the way that I did. Mm -hmm. Uh, Some people were- Tell me what that means.
0: Yeah. What did other people do?
1: Two people were representatives from Amex's like Centurion- whatever. So they kind of got gifted this experience. Another girl worked. But it's still
0: valuable for them as advisors. They're just more of employees in a really big, I don't actually know how it works for Amex, but they're just answering the phone when an Amex client calls and they might say that they want to go to Jordan. Did you get a sense of how that works? Yes. Yes.
1: However, I didn't necessarily feel like this trip fit what their clients were necessarily looking for. Like okay. we did visit the Ritz and you know, the four seasons and those are obviously the types of hotels that those clients would be staying at. But what uh, we did stay in like some four star, you know, places and we didn't eat at like really high end restaurants or anything. So while I do feel like they gained information, I don't necessarily think they gained like a ton for their specific clientele necessarily. Okay. I feel like a self fam would be better in that sense. Cause then you could really pick out exactly what you
0: think might speak to these higher-end clients. Sure. I guess when you think outside of Amman in Jordan specifically, there aren't like any five-star options, especially like at Petra or something. So that might also be valuable for them to know. If mm-hmm. an Amex client called and said, I want to go to Jordan, then now they're equipped to kind of manage expectations and be like, okay, we can do this. But just so you know, yeah, there's no four seasons in Petra.
1: For sure. There was another woman who was like a destination wedding specialist, but she kind of had just always wanted to go to Jordan and then this opportunity presented itself. There was another woman who seemed to be like just a serial famist. Is that a word? I mean, did I make that up? I think so. There are those. Okay. Yeah. There was another girl who basically she worked for an agency, but she more so was like a project manager. So she really had nothing to do with itinerary planning. Basically, the head of her office said, here, you've been doing a great job. You go.
0: So I do think that that's valuable because think about our situation, for example. So Julie and I are working with a both a copywriter and a social media manager together because, again, we plan travel so similarly and we plan very similar destinations But we have found that these two ladies that we're working with have not been to the majority of destinations that we're asking them to write about or to plan social media for. So imagine if we had a fam opportunity that we couldn't go to and that we said like, hey, copywriter, social media manager, do you want to go to help give you a sense kind of behind the scenes, like not of a vacation, but of the travel industry perspective of this destination, like that would benefit them, right? Absolutely true in
1: terms of the benefit to them, but what I'm, I guess, what I was trying to say is the benefit to me as as a fellow traveler in, like, being able to meet other advisors that, for example, like advisors like that are in the community who I might be able to sit there and brainstorm and, "Oh, oh yeah, wow, I'll take that back to my business. I didn't, we don't necessarily know if you're walking into a group where that's going to happen or if you're just walking into like a really nice group that it's, it's nice to spend a week in Jordan. Like they're
0: all industry people, but they're coming from a variety of different industry types of jobs and positions. So you might not be like pro tip swapping over dinner. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay.
1: Okay. So other Pros and cons. So we all know that kind of a con of a hosted fam is you're just on someone else's time frame and someone else's agenda. And that doesn't necessarily mean that speaks to you or your clients. So I experienced a little bit of this on the trip in Jordan. So the first day was all about the site inspections. And if you read the rest of the itinerary, there was quite a lot more to do. And you could just feel it changing the vibe of the group. We were all so excited to be in Jordan and experience Jordan. And then we spent the whole day inside hotels. And while hotels are important, I first have to sell the destination, then worry about the hotels. And if I'm not actually experiencing the destination, then what good is that doing anyone? So the other part of that was we ate a lot. I've heard so many amazing things about how good the food is in Jordan. And we ate a lot at the hotels. Right. And we were also staying at the hotel. So it wasn't like, Oh, we ate there. So therefore you could kind of see it and experience it, which I think is another great way to to Mm -hmm. do that. It was like, I was, I'm already here. Like I get it. I don't need to eat that at the buffet.
0: Right. I want to
1: go eat in town so that I come home with a more, more well-rounded knowledge so I can actually plan like a full-on trip for these clients.
0: So from a, I don't know for sure, but I, if I had to guess from a fam organizer's perspective, having everyone eat at the buffet at the hotel you're staying is more cost-effective. So yeah. that is kind of like, that's how they keep costs down. That's how mm-hmm. they keep like you, that's how they're able to host it or to have offer it for to advisors for like a very low kind of fee. Mm-hmm. Whereas when we planned our own fam, we spent a lot on hotels and activities. And then we spent even more on going to try all the restaurants we wanted to try because we were paying the bill, right? So I think there, that's kind of like the give and take yep. of an organized fam versus planning your own. Like pro, it's not very expensive to go on an organized fam. Con, they're not going to be paying for you to go out and like explore the culinary scene of Amman. So you kind of have to either know that going in or somehow find your own time to do it, like by arriving a day early or like, you just have to like, if they're going to go to the work to host you or to offer a deeply discounted rate, like you're on their time.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I feel like had I known, we only got the itinerary for this trip, like a literal day before I got on the plane. So I guess had I known that, Not that I would say no if I knew that I was eating in buffets every day, but I wouldn't have necessarily, I would have managed my expectations a little bit more. And I guess if you're anything like me and you, we, food is such a huge part of the travel experience to ourselves and to our clients. We put a lot of effort into planning culinary focused itineraries, even when they don't ask for that. And so I would have, if they would have said, okay, well, you could go out tonight, but you're going to have to pay for your own. I would
0: have been like, that's fine. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Want to eat at
1: this buffet? Like, talk about a turn off for me. Take me to a buffet. Well,
0: yeah. So I think (laughs) that there have been fams, organized fams that I've been on that I tried to do a little bit of my own thing on my own time, and it still didn't work because, you know, sometimes fam schedules change a little bit. And at the end of the day, you are on their time because Mm -hmm. they planned it. And so I think it's part managing expectations. It's also part on us because I had a semi, I had an experience with the fam earlier this year that was an organized fam. And again, we didn't get the itinerary till, you know, very far in advance, but I blame it on myself. I didn't ask enough questions. Mm -hmm. And so I felt the same way as you of like, well, had I known this in advance, I wouldn't have said no. I just would have had a completely different vision of what this experience was going to be and what it wasn't going to be in advance. Yeah. And if there had been any moment of flexibility that I sneak out and go do something different or go have dinner somewhere else like I would have done that, but it's often it's almost like finding out about the fam, accepting the fam, planning the fam and then showing up at the fam is often fairly last minute. And last minute, it, I mean maybe it's a month in advance, but not always and I think if I've learned anything with organized famps, it's to ask lots of questions because most suppliers are not managing my expectations. So I find that if I just would ask more questions, then I can like help to kind of manage my own expectations.
1: Well, I think too, you know, they're just like us. Like a lot of things are happening behind the scenes and a lot of things aren't coming together until fairly last minute too. So Sometimes. So what I felt like on this trip is like they were bringing us to certain hotels and I'm reading the room of the group and it's like this hotel speaks to no one. So why are we here? Like this is a this is a waste of these the hoteliers times. This is a waste of all of our time. We could be doing something else that is so much more valuable. So but they don't necessarily know that because they don't know enough about each of our individual businesses to be making Mm -hmm. decisions that speak to those. So I think by you asking questions, you're maybe helping them select the path that they want to go down a little bit more as well.
0: It's Um, almost like they're planning a fam to please the masses and you in your small individual group, because this was a huge group that went, and then you had like a, a mini group, you may or may not be the masses. Like that's exactly what happened to me on my fam. They planned a fam according to all of their previous experience of what all the previous advisors who's ever been on their fams wanted. But our small group of five advisors, it, that wasn't in alignment with what we wanted at all. Yeah. And what they kept telling us is like, well, we do this because in the past advisors got mad because we didn't. And then we're all just kind of like looking at them. like, I don't know who those people are, but we're the people here right now. <laughs> you know, like it was really weird. They're planning for the masses because they don't know who they're planning for.
1: One thing I, I really respected about the DMC I went with in Jordan, so this may not come as a surprise to most of you listening, if you know me at all, but of course, after that first day, I said something. I wrote a very professional email just kind of expressing not only my thoughts, but the thoughts I'm hearing everyone else say about the experience so far and you know their disappointment and how the day was and their lack of excitement for things moving forward and how they wish this and wish that. So of course, I decided to just like, what's the worst that can happen if I say something? Maybe they hate me, but maybe things will change, you know, and they listened to what I had to say and they completely changed the rest of the itinerary. Doesn't mean they took out every hotel inspection, but they definitely eliminated some that should have been eliminated. They added in other things that were more like cultural immersive experiences and they made it so much more enjoyable for us. And I really appreciated that they listened to what Mm -hmm. we had to say.
0: So what's funny is that every advisor wants something different out of a fam. And so- For the people who are planning the FAMs, if they don't know who's going to be attending their FAM, or even if they have like a list of names, but they don't know anything about what those people are looking forward to, it's actually impossible for them to plan a FAM that is going to be a good fit for everybody. When I was on my FAM earlier this year in Tanzania, we were doing so many site inspections. It's very similar to your experience in Amman. And we were all kind of like, whoa, like we don't need 15 to see 15 safari lodges a day. Like this is really too much. And they told us in the past, advisors complained because there weren't enough site inspections. Yeah. And so I immediately I saw like, this is an impossible feat to yeah. actually be a DMC or a tourism board or a supplier who's supplanting a fam that's going to fit everyone's needs or desires or expectations. So in thinking about my experience and in thinking about your experience, I think like the takeaway is just, the invitation is so exciting to receive, especially when it's one of your first. Fam invitations, and especially when it's in alignment with a destination or a supplier or something that you have you are looking forward to learn more about. But I would just add like one additional step before you say yes of like, oh my gosh, this is so exciting! Thank you for thinking of me. What's the goal of this fam? Yeah. Like, are we here to do to see as many hotels as possible? Are we here to learn about the destination? And you know what I mean? Like, just ask a few more questions. To make sure that the destination is a fit, the supplier is a fit, and everyone's vision for what a fam should look like is a fit. I think if I would have done that for mine, again, I don't think I would have said no. I just would have had different expectations going in. Therefore, I probably could have avoided quite a bit of disappointment in the first few days. Yes, agreed. What else really stood out to you as differences, pros or cons of self organized fam versus an organized fam?
1: I feel like. The self fam allows you to come back and literally copy and paste your experience for a client experience. You experienced all the different elements and aspects needed to plan an amazing trip. And it's like, bada boom, bada bing, you already have that information. You know for a fact that those are good recommendations because you were just there. So, when oftentimes with a fam, which is why it's really important to me to pick one that's really destination focused and not super product focused or brand focused, but you often feel like you come home with a high, like a more of a high level overview and you're yeah. like, okay, mm-hmm. great. But now I know nothing about restaurants or now I really need to go back. Cause I didn't even go to that part of the country yes. or there's mm-hmm. always like kind of something missing.
0: I have, it's interesting. You said that I have that exact feeling about the self fans that I planned. I am now planning trips that are very similar to my own trip Yeah, and the hosted fans that I've attended. I have that feeling for every single one of them, like, okay, cool, but I still have to go back because I didn't really get to do this or, this or this or this or this or this. It didn't feel as complete of an experience. So incomplete in terms of restaurants or we spent too much time in hotels, therefore I didn't spend enough time like actually doing experiences or incomplete in, okay, it included these two cities, but it didn't include these other two regions that are often recommended as well. And so I have to go back to kind of see this other part. So I have a very similar kind of feeling from the organized fans that I've joined as well.
1: Yes. And then I would say cons to both. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) A lot of post work. So making all of your library items in your itinerary builder takes a lot of time. Sharing on social. Yeah. And then the marketing experience, pre, during, and post is really time consuming and overwhelming. And often gets pushed completely to the back burner because when you get home or when you're planning it, you don't have time to do that. And when you get home, you don't have time to do that.
0: So enough with the guilt trip, Julie. What? Nobody knows I went to Tanzania because I didn't have time. I didn't post a single – I didn't post during the trip because work was stressful and Wi-Fi was bad. Guys, I also don't
1: know if you know this, but Whitney also went to Greece. (laughs)
0: Okay, are we done with the guilt trip? No. No. The point. The point is, is that I am very good at capturing content. I love taking photographs. I love taking video. I have ideas for how to use it on social media, for how to use it in newsletters. I have like all of that's fine for me. It's a combination of not being able to fully step away from work while I'm traveling on these trips, which means that if I have any spare time, I'm like responding to emails. That's my own problem that I'm trying to improve so that I can be more present in the trip and in the fam itself because right now I'm not. I'm only kind of half there. So that's part of the challenge. Greece was with my family. So any spare moment was like making sure a toddler wasn't walking headfirst into the sea. And then it's coming home. My inbox is just absolutely exploding when I get home that sitting down and spending an hour or six on going through photos and making reels and talking about my experience is just like I love what you do when you come home from trips. And I'm so impressed with like, you don't just share photos. You actually like take the time to talk about the destination share like historical tidbits. I mean, I'm just so impressed, but also in the back of my mind, I'm just like, how does she find the time for this? I do on the plane. Yeah. I'm emailing on the plane. Like I just, yeah, I just can't. So the point is, is that that's not good. The point is, is that you have highlighted that I'm going on FAMS, which are good, but I'm not fully maximizing the potential of these opportunities. Yes. I also went to Morocco a year ago and nobody knows about that.
1: I wasn't going to mention that one.
0: Unfortunately, the list is long. I've been very lucky to go on four trips in the last 15 months that have all been absolutely wonderful, super beneficial and valuable professionally. If my clients are going to those places, they know about it. If you're getting an email from me, you see it in my email signature, but nobody on social media knows about it.
1: But I will say this, your social game in terms of your Italy trip has been fired.
0: It has been fired because I hired a social media manager and I said, here's 6,000 of Julie's photos. Can you please make this look good?
1: (laughs) Well, it's working and and it's
0: working. So thank you for all the beautiful photos. You're welcome. Thank you for scheduling a professional shoot for us in Rome so that we could get some really awesome photos. And thank you for being my personal photographer for two weeks because even for the non-professional photos, I just have photos of me you know, doing things in Italy that I also find hard to capture when I'm planning my own fans or when I'm attending organized fans and there's no one in the group who takes a good photo and
1: Oh, I just dealt with that in Costa Rica. I set up my tripod one morning in my bikini and like the hot springs. I was trying to get of course my you photos. because yeah. oh, yeah.
0: So that is super beneficial. And that is one thing that I have missed from fam experiences. And I've actually shared this idea and you were the first one who was like, I can do that. I've shared with a lot of people, bring a photographer on the trips help us capture content, not just of us. Actually, a few photos of me is fine. I don't need more than a handful. What I really want is high quality photos of our trip, of our destinations, of the experiences that we're doing, of the hotels that we're seeing. Not stock photography from the hotel, like actual Photos of us having a drink in the bar at the hotel. You know, like a like a more experiential, inspirational type of photo. Cause everybody can see a stock photo from six miles away. Like right? it
1: actually depicts the experience that your clients are gonna have while they're there because you're eating at the exact restaurant, you're drinking at the exact bar, you're staying at the exact hotel. You're not just visiting the coliseum, you're visiting the coliseum with the exact company that you're going to book your clients with.
0: Exactly. So I said someone should really do this. <laughs> And Julie was like, I can do that. (laughs) So I'm very excited with what we did in Italy and with what we came home with, because it has made things so easy for the social media manager we're working with that we're just like, here is all this incredible photography. Here is our trip. Make magic with this. And even my friend last night was like, your Italy content is fire. And I was like, that is no thanks to me. That is all thanks to Julie. So please share with the peoples what you are going to do with your photos.
1: Uh, Yes. What's happening? Big things happening. So I am going to be offering photo bundles for advisors to purchase in order to help market these different destinations. So as we've said, what makes these photos different is that they actually depict the destination and the client experience within the destination. So Mm -hmm. yes, you can go on unsplash.com and find a stock photo of Italy, but that's the exact same photo that everyone else is using of Italy. So why not have a more unique Photo that actually depicts that experience. So they're high quality, professional photos, fun, creative. They all have the same consistency in terms of editing. editing and, the same. Yeah. yeah.
0: I think that's the that's one key that almost feels intangible a little bit. Is that I was going, I was trying to have my assistant help me of like, okay, let's look for Rome stock photography and let's get like a big shot of the Colosseum from like a drone, and then let's get like a small detail of you know, something in the Coliseum. And then let's get like a, a Vespa shot of an empty street and then gelato, you know, trying to go from like big to small and find all the details. And so she found all those photos, but they didn't look good together Yeah, because they were by different photographers with different editing, with completely different styles. And so in the end it was like, she did exactly what I asked her to do, but it still like didn't feel right. And I think that's what's amazing about the photos from Italy that we're posting right now is that you took all of them, mm-hmm. therefore the whole bundle of photos we have to put on our social media from the Amalfi coast is from one photographer who is a travel advisor you like you are a photographer and a travel advisor, which is you have both kind of perspectives coming into these photo bundles, which I think is what really creates that impact that I was looking for.
1: We talked about how we have a a copywriter that helps us as well, write some captions. And, but what we've done is we figured out what we want to say about every destination. So we always want to talk about food. We always want to talk about hotels. We always want to talk about splurge activities, whatever. So while I'm traveling these destinations, I'm capturing photos that I know will go with the topics that we want to talk about. So when you think about posting on social media, it's all about like consistency and you know, all this stuff. But what stops us is number one, having photos, having high quality photos that you're proud of putting out there and that you like the way that your social media looks, you know, because this is a website. It is your business card. It's the first place people are going to research to see if they actually want to work with you. And while perfection doesn't matter, like professionalism does matter, especially to the viewer. So you're not a, you go on these trips And you bring your iPhone and that's fine. No, not everyone's a professional photographer, but society and and social media has told you that you must now be a photographer and a content creator, but that's not everybody's zone of genius. And it's the same Mm -hmm. way. Like we get upset when we see people planning their own vacations because we know a professional could do it better. So why are you doing the same thing with your photos?
0: You know? I, yeah, I finally gave up. I love taking photos and I love taking video. I'm, I don't love editing. I don't love writing captions. I don't love all the social media management and scheduling. And so for a while, I just wasn't doing it. And now I'm just, I'm getting help. I'm having someone else do it.
1: And having the photos there makes what you want to say come so much easier because you're not having to worry about 10 different things at once. It's just, oh, this photo is about food. So here's kind of the same type of thing I say about food for every destination I go to. So you tweak it to match that destination and boom, there you go.
0: So you're going to let me buy all your photos?
1: Yeah. Italy was your only freebie,
0: Missy. (laughs) (laughs) Just
1: kidding. (sighs) Or anytime we travel together. But I mean, I do. I love it. And I would love to share this gift, this passion of mine with travel advisors and make their jobs and lives easier. And ultimately, not only make them more proud of their social media presence, but also just help get sales. Like I want you guys to make money. So why not help you do that with these thousands of photos that I'm currently sitting on,
0: you know? So how can we find the photo bundles that you've put together?
1: Yeah. So you can go to the link in my bio on Instagram. So just search wonderfully planned and you will find photo bundles for all the different destinations that I have traveled to, you know, especially this year, some additional ones as well. But every time I go to a new place, there will be new bundles available and you can also sign up for a freebie bundle. So I would recommend doing
0: that as well. It's not Italy, is it? It's going to be Italy. Yeah. So sorry. Ah, I'm (laughs) just joking. (laughs) I'm just joking. So my freebie is everyone's freebie. I, that makes sense. I think it's good. Okay. So also you have another why not add another work? project? I mean, why not? Why not? It's, I mean, it seems like you've got a lot of time on your hands. actually. sometimes I wonder, and then I'm like, oh yeah, she doesn't have a toddler. <laughs> that is true. that is true. So what else are you working on? Because you I, the fams getting invited, how to choose a good one, where to go, which suppliers to work with. This was a really big question mark for you for a very long time. and now in a very short amount of time, you've been on three fams in two months or whatever that one was a tourism board, one was self-planned, and then one was a representation company with two DMCs. And we didn't even talk about that one, but I'm, um, you know, we get the idea. What inspiration did you find in just kind of the last year going from just like big elusive question mark to now three fans back to back that were all wonderful, but very, very different? Yes. Where do you go from here?
1: Well... I, I decided to launch wonderfully famed. So you, yes, it's so exciting. So you can come to Portugal with me in March. And what I'm doing with this is I am combining the pros of the hosted fam and the pros of a self fam. And I'm getting rid of all the cons and all the work. So there's a few different purposes of this, you know, connecting with other like-minded travel advisors, connecting with the suppliers that you need to plan amazing trips, not just one supplier, but multiple so that you can plan trips for different types of travelers, becoming that destination expert, enjoying yourself, like having fun. I know. Wait, there's like
0: actual fun downtime involved yes. in your fam
1: free time built right is that now.
0: legal it is, is. That, is that like okay yes it's very <laughs> legal.
1: So i'm going to talk more about what that means in a second but basically in in portugal i'm going to give you a trip that is the perfect first time traveler trip to portugal for you right. and then also for your clients so that you can literally turn around and copy and paste that and i know I'm sell and that paste, yes. and i know copy and paste is kind of like not the word we really want to use because our trip's are curated and customized. But what I mean is that you've experienced breakfast, lunch, dinner, hotels, you know, activities so perfectly vetted that they'll speak to so many of your different clients that you don't even really need to think about like how to put Mm -hmm. those things together or researching other options. You will get all the pre and post, pre, during and post marketing work taken off your plate. So I'll give you basically the 101 guide of how to market your trip before you go while you're there and when you get back. So that includes stories, that includes posts, reels, how to create them, all that kind of stuff.
0: Does that include photographs?
1: That also includes your entire content bundle. Yeah. So you will. I I
0: don't know what the price is, but just for the content bundle, it's worth it.
1: (laughs) So you're going to get photos of the destination and all these different topics we've talked about, you know, food, hotels, all that kind of stuff, Mm -hmm. landscapes, all that. But you're also going to get photos of you in the destination doing these activities, which like you just mentioned has been really helpful for your social media. And then you'll also get like a little photo shoot as well, what we did in Rome, which are some of my favorite photos. I'll talk about the destination as well. So love
0: that. Yeah. Free wow. time built. Okay. In so are site inspections included? Are they required? Are they not included? What's the site inspection scope of these fams?
1: Yeah. So obviously hotels are important. They're an important part of any travel experience, but they are not the only thing. So I do not want to spend a ton of time doing site inspections. We're specifically picking out beautiful hotels in each of these different destinations to stay in again, everything really speaks to that four and five star client. So you can make a lot of people happy with the information and the options that we're going to be experiencing. But then we are going to see some other hotels. So in a place like Lisbon, there's 20, 30 good hotels. You don't need to know 20 or 30 great hotels to plan an amazing trip to Lisbon. You need to know five.
0: Five. Yeah, I agree. Like
1: five clients. So that's what we're going to be doing. We're going to be staying at amazing hotels. And in order to site inspect other hotels, we're going to be doing it in a bit more of a fun way. So we're going to be either eating there or drinking there. And the staff of the hotel, that's their opportunity to mix and mingle and network with us and kind of tell us about their hotel. And then I'm going to be like a little bit of a Nazi and be like, okay, a site inspection is literally one room. And then we're out of here. So show gonna, us what you got. <laughs> yeah, so we're gonna keep it really this is what yeah. we want and what we need, and that's what mm-hmm. you are gonna
0: get. So Okay. Okay. So I like side inspections, yep. lots of good food, lots of photographs. Oh, food is huge. So we're
1: gonna be eating at eating and drinking at amazing restaurants, amazing bars mix of high low as well so you'll be eating at like kind of cool local spots you know sometimes and then we'll do like a michelin star one night so you can experience that rooftop drinks at this bar maybe drinks at a hotel bar so you can and check out what, what all that's about as well so best cool. and best but for a wide range of tastes i guess yeah
0: i think that really caters to clients as well because i i don't personally have any clients who are like i need michelin star every meal most of them are like no give me the food truck and then you know give me like a nice restaurant a couple times you mentioned free time or I asked about free time. Yes. So is this like free time with the idea that there might be some options that someone could choose from or free time in the idea that like, Hey, go check your emails so that you don't feel so stressed when you get home. Like what's your thought process behind the free time that's been included?
1: So you can do whatever you want during that free time. You can go back to the hotel and work. If you want, you can go to the spa. If you want, you can take a nap. You can also take advantage of the list of recommended things that we have for you. So for example, we might be doing like a river cruise one day as a activity or a walking tour with a food tour. But if you have, if you know that your clients, like a, a great portion of them are super art focused, then use that time to go experience the art scene here right, like a Malaysia. museum
0: or and yeah. we're
1: going to give you an opportunity we'll book it for you and we're going to give you the ideas of how to go about experiencing that with vetted suppliers and in ways that we think are really cool and fun.
0: Oh right. Nice. So it's not just like hey in your free time go pop over to this museum. It's like oh if clients want this museum DMCs like to arrange it like this. Do you want to experience that? Is that kind of what you mean? Yes. So still being able to do it like the client would, but probably just paying a little bit extra to kind of do, to have that specific experience.
1: Yeah. So those will be in addition to the price. So you can choose how to spend that free time, you know, or if there's a restaurant you really wanted to check out or bar that you really wanted to check out, then like by all means go check it out during that
0: time. So I think the biggest factor in FAMs is the cost. And so we did, we talked about this a little bit that as an organized hosted FAM is anywhere from free to deeply discounted. Yeah. And it a self FAM that we planned for two weeks in Italy was thousands of dollars. Like we, yes, hotels and tours gave, gave us a lot of things net. Yes, out of 14 nights, we had two that were fully complimentary, but the majority were not, you know? So like we invested in that self-fam, which again is kind of the reason why you can't do a million of them every year because they are a bigger lift investment wise. So what you've kind of described to me now is self-fam-esque because it's not fully focused on hotels. It's a lot of like actually going out to dinner in a restaurant that needs to be paid for. There is free time. There's also unique experiences. So it's also not like fully hosted. You know, so like where, how have you managed or like, where are you aiming to fall in the pricing spectrum of what we are used to in the industry with fans?
1: Yeah, it's going to, I can ask maybe you this question because I can't speak to what fans typically cost. I've gone on two, right? Okay. So I know that oftentimes they are a more discounted rate, but that's not necessarily always true. Sometimes they cost, you know, two, three, four, Thousand yeah. dollars, depending on what. Yeah, yeah. This fam, like I said, it's going to be very four or five star. There's a lot of inclusions as well, a lot of different activities. We're staying at amazing hotels like the Six Senses in Duro Valley and stuff like that. Private transportations, yeah. you know, all that kind of stuff. So, it's not going to be the cheapest fam you've ever been on, but what you're getting is so much more than even just the experience in Portugal. So, like we've talked about the marketing guide, the photo content bundle, we're also giving you all of your Travify library items. So, everything. So, even if we don't go to every restaurant that is amazing in Lisbon, you're still going to get a list of all of the Restaurants we would recommend with the blurbs. So you don't have to go home and then type up the hotel and the different room categories and the blurb about that restaurant and the blurb about this activity with that supplier and what's the oh, okay. number and all that kind of jazz. Like you're getting all of that. So my goal is to, when someone calls you to mm-hmm. book this trip to Italy or Portugal or whatever, that you then are making more money because it's taking you less time to actually plan that trip.
0: Right. So, I mean, so based on everything you've just shared, there's not a true apples to apples comparison, uh, just because I could think about what I've paid for fams. It's been everything from nothing to just my flights to maybe $500 all the way up to four or $5,000. I mean, I've paid and that, that was an organized fam. And then self fams are usually... Kind of in the five to eight hundred dollars a day, kind of depending on what's offered complimentary, what's discounted, what I'm paying full price for. I kind of estimate like I'm going to spend five to seven hundred dollars a day. So it depends on the destination.
1: Yeah, it's definitely not going to be as high as a typical cell fam. It's probably going to be on the like mid to higher end
0: of the organized fam. Organized with, fam. Given the numbers you just with made. right, 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 and I, I guess again, that's my experience. I would. Sample size of one, but you have also just shared a lot of ad values that, like at some point, I don't know how to value those because I've never been offered marketing assistance or photo bundles or Travify items. I've never been offered these types of things for a fan before. So I don't even have a good sense of how to value those. I mean, cool.
1: the travel industry is changing. The way clients are traveling is changing. And if you've been in the industry for a while, I think you can speak to the fact that that is happening and that that is true. And For a lot of advisors, you know, especially adding in the marketing piece, it can be really hard to kind of keep up with that. So I want to help you do all of that. I want to help you experience travel in a different way so that you can plan it in a way that is speaking more to clients. And I also want to help you market that experience so that you are getting that return on investment, even though it maybe is a little bit more expensive than what you're typically used to paying for fans. Like that return on investment is going to come very quickly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. How can we find out more? You said Portugal in March?
1: Yeah, Portugal in March. Super exciting.
0: And then where after that, Julie?
1: <laughs> so I've got two other destinations in mind. So Portugal is a hot destination right now. Everyone and their mother Very wants to so. go.
0: So if we can't go in March, are you going to offer it again? Like at the later date? That is because I can't.
1: That is, okay. yes, okay. this is not a one-time thing. This is hopefully going to blossom into something pretty amazing. So the other hot destination we've all experienced you know experienced over the last couple of years has been the US and for those of you that don't know I spent 3 years tour guiding <laughs> around the US so building and guiding road trips and leading people all over so I want to go to two places that are really close to my heart and that places that I know really really well and I want to teach you guys show you the beauty that lies in our own home make you love domestic travel even more and teach you how to make some money planning some domestic travel
0: love it okay Amazing. Where can we find out more about this and also sign up to go to Portugal in March?
1: Yes. So, again, check out the link in my bio. You will find the link to learn more to sign up right there. Also, just keep listening to my stories and I will be talking about it probably nonstop.
0: Awesome. Okay. So, Julie is at Wonderfully Planned. I'm not gonna spell it at wonderfully planned yes. <laughs> on Instagram. So everything will be there. The link in your bio there, we can find links for photo bundles, Portugal fabs. Oh, we can find everything there.
1: Yeah, your free photo bundles, paid awesome. photo bundles. I have a print shop there as well. So great idea for souvenirs or gifts for client travels as well, because you know they didn't take you know they use their photos.
0: They they use <laughs> as well. You know what, I use my iPhone too, Julie, in Italy, and the pictures are not as good as yours. Mm-hmm. So just be quiet. Yes. <laughs>
1: um, but I think it's a great option for people to give as a gift, like a thank you gift, come home and, cool. you know, print a little thing. So you can find all of that at the link in my bio.
0: Awesome. Yeah. Julie, thank you so much for just going through this journey with us. What a whirlwind. And so moral of the story, everyone to plan a fam is to build relationships
1: <laughs> or
0: come on a wonderfully fam. Oh, that's so funny. Thank you for just sharing your story with us and kind of taking us through your journey. And I'm really excited about both the photo bundles and the fams and this trip that you've planned in Portugal. I haven't looked at it in detail, but I just based on what you've described, it is completely different in all the best ways of any other fam you know, out there in the industry. So definitely keep us updated. Very excited to see when you play in Portugal again and where else you go in the future. So come back and tell us about it soon.
1: Yeah, I will. Come to Portugal. It's going to be amazing.
0: Okay. Thank you. Talk to you soon. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Masters in Travel. If you love today's conversation as much as I did, please take a moment to leave a review, subscribe so you don't miss an episode, and be sure to share this podcast with an advisor who's ready to level up their travel business. If you want more, head over to beamasterintravel.com. On our website, you'll find a free resource library for travel advisors, free community forums where you can ask questions and support your colleagues, and courses and workshops in the Academy Marketplace to support your learning and development as a business owner and as a professional travel advisor. On our website, you can also learn about the Masters in Travel Community and ThinkTech, a private community where we collaborate, strategize, and ideate together with advisors working towards similar goals and tackling similar challenges. Learn more and join our community at beamasterintravel.com.